You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and welcome to The Voice of Charity. I'm Phil Zapeda, here with my colleague and friend, Katie Breedeman. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Phil. Glad to have you here, and a welcome to everybody that's listening on WNDZ, 750 AM. And for those of you that are tuning into our live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago. Another great, exciting show for everybody today. As many of you know already, post-adoption services play a vital role at Catholic Charities. Uh, serving thousands of people who were adopted from the organization over the years, offering support, registry information, and search and reunion services for those individuals that are looking to reconnect with their biological relatives or at least learn more information, right, for personal or for medical reasons. And as we've discussed on The Voice of Charity before, the headquarters of Catholic Charities at 721 North LaSalle Street was known as St. Vincent's Orphanage for 91 years. From 1881 to 1972, the Daughters of Charity Religious Order lovingly ran St. Vincent's Orphanage um, and created thousands of very happy families along the way. Um, And our our Catholic Charities Post-Adoption Services continues to receive inquiries from adults who were adopted from St. Vincent's as more and more people become interested in their ancestry. And the stories that continue to emerge are amazing. So with us today to help provide an update on post-adoption services this summer are Kathy Herrera, Program Director for our Pregnancy, Parenting, and Adoption Services, and Lisa Francis, Post-Adoption Specialist for Catholic Charities and a Licensed Social Worker. Welcome, Kathy and Lisa. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Kathy, let's let's start with you. Uh, your your impact area, you know, covers a wide spectrum of life affirming assistance, right? And so help us get our arms around the demand here. How how many clients in total are you are you serving in a in a in a month or in a in a quarter or a year? Give us some perspective on that. Um, Well, just our program served 662 in our most recent fiscal year. Um, It's it's typically people that that we have multiple contacts with that we work with for quite a while, um, whether that be in pregnancy services or or um, Lisa working in post adoption in. In addition to the services that we provide, Catholic Charities also supports pregnant women, children and families through home visiting, um, case management services that are offered through through another part of our impact area. I believe you've had Velma Walker on your program before, and and she can speak very eloquently about the home visiting services that they offer in Chicago, as well as um, in Maywood and surrounding communities. 
And Kathy, I know that men are increasingly wanting to be involved uh, in their role as fathers uh, and assisting mothers in, in not only through uh, pregnancy, but early childhood as well. Are, are you seeing that in your impact area as well? We've long seen active involvement on the part of the adoptive fathers that we've worked with, but we are seeing it increasingly um, in some of our pregnancy um, and parenting support clients. Some of the calls come from the father first, and, and we would welcome ways to involve more fathers. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and, and it's, it's such an uplifting program in the work that you do. And Lisa, you've done so much in recent years to keep the, the legacy of, of St. Vincent's or, Orphanage alive. Do you uh, share with us a sense of how many individuals were, have been adopted um, from St. Vincent over its 90 plus years of operation? Well, I ask around and no one really has an exact number, but we are, we can confidently say thousands and thousands. <laughs> wow. Thousands mm-hmm. and thousands. Yeah, that's, yes. that's, that's pretty re- remarkable. Um, talk to us and share with our audience, what are some of the requests that, that you're getting from, from individuals and from families that you're engaging with? Sure. The majority of people that contact us are are interested in what information is in their file. Um, Adopted persons want to know um, what's in their file, what they can obtain from the file. Some are interested in learning medical background information. Many people are interested in connecting with their biological family and asking for our search services. And, and you're somewhat limited, I know, Lisa, in what uh, you're able to provide, but you do an awesome job of, of referring people to other agencies who might be able to um, uh, provide them more information that we're not legally able to give. Um, and then, as you said, establish uh, reunion services and support services, because the, the pursuit of learning about more history from your childhood you know, can sometimes be painful at times, correct? Absolutely. And we want to be there for our clients and provide um, any support that we can. So we do provide counseling, um, search and reunion services. We provide the non-identifying information from the file. Um, We have support groups for birth mothers and for adoptees. And some of the birth mothers in the support groups actually are people that have stayed at St. Vincent's um, when they were expectant mothers during the pregnancies. So um, sometimes we even offer tours of St. Vincent's, um, really anything that we can do to support adults um, who want to learn about the first few weeks or months of their lives. Last summer, I had the pleasure of um, doing a show with you and and a woman named Julie McGue, who had um, been on a journey to find out more about her experiences uh, at St. Vincent's, and she wrote a wonderful book about it. Um, And then just even two weeks ago, uh, I was so pleased to be at 721 North LaSalle when you were giving a tour. Um, And and that woman and her husband were also trying to learn more about um, her earliest days at St. Vincent's. Uh, Can I ask you, are there similarities between... Um, what the clients, the adult adoptees, observe when they're walking through the halls of 721 North LaSalle? I would say the biggest similarity is um, a sense of at first being really overwhelmed 
Um, and sometimes overcome by emotion. Some people cry and cry each each thing that they see. Um, it, it just brings them to tears. Just walking into the doorway um, across the threshold and being inside of the building, some people are overcome with emotion. So that I would say is the most common thing, um, just kind of being overwhelmed. And then on the way on the way out, you know, after spending some time in the building, seeing where they may have been baptized in the chapel, then there's a sense of peace and closure. And I would say that is the most common thing that people feel. Boy, so, that's, that's really beautiful, Lisa. It, it, it truly is. And, you know, anticipating it, you know, generally, but then knowing that the way that an individual reacts is going to be very individual and specific to them. That's But that's beautiful in that accompaniment. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we realize what a, a really important and powerful experience it is for the adopted person. And I have to sometimes slow myself down as I'm starting the tour. I have to stop and just kind of stand with them as they try to compose their self, themselves and, and say, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I need to just stand here and cry. So it's um, the magnitude of, of that moment when they come in, it cannot be um, emphasized enough. Yeah, I, you can never underestimate that. Well, and I'm guessing, Lisa, that every bit of history, obviously some of them were infants when they were at 721, but those who may have been, you know, children uh, of toddler age or, or older, they may have concrete memories that you're then able to add to Catholic Charities' history of St. Vincent's Orphanage, correct? Definitely. Definitely. People, um, even in infancy, you know, people will say, I, I know this doesn't make sense, but I have a sense that I was here before. And um, who's to argue with that? And especially um, someone who was there for several years as a toddler, they they can remember some walked out the door with their adoptive parents. So, yes, they do have memories. So, Kathy, help us get a sense of, we, we touched on this a little, understand what information Catholic Charities are, are legally able to provide to adult adoptees. And, and, and take us through um, a, a scenario um, of what we can provide and what they might be directed someplace else to find. So Illinois adoption law allows us to provide non-identifying information. Um, Anything beyond that requires mutual consent of both parties. And so without the mutual consent of both parties, we cannot provide birth parents' names or addresses or anything along those lines, but other information that's in the file, physical description, nationality, occupation, um, a sense of what the situation was that, that brought them to us, um, when they were working with us, if there were others involved, um, if the if the birth father is named in our record, if he was actively involved in, in the adoption plan. Um, and then if they want to go beyond that, they can request our search service. And with the consent of either the other party can share their information directly, um, or we can mediate the, the process, Lisa does this, of, of connecting them first through letters that are exchanged through Lisa or through, through um, someone else in our department, and then by having direct contact 
if they're local, that can take place in our office if they'd like it to. And then they're able to share all of their information. But but we give them a sense first of what we can from the file. Um, you you mentioned referring elsewhere. The, the state of Illinois does allow adoptees access to their original birth certificate, um, though the birth parents can have their information redacted from it and you don't know whether that's the case or not until you request it um, so some adoptees do choose to request their original birth certificate to see if they're able to get information that way that we cannot provide them got it that makes that makes total sense but this the, the beauty and the accompaniment along this process is is very extraordinary lisa if in a majority of the the the, the cases clients contacting catholic charities are now in their 60s or 70s, and I'm, I, I recognize I'm overgeneralizing that, but can you can you help paint a picture for our listeners and viewers what Catholic charities might have been like uh, when, when they were with us? Sure, sure. Well, St. Vincent's was a very busy building run by the Daughters of Charity, um, led by Sister Mary Alice and Sister Anthony, and they were extremely good at their jobs um, in caring for children, infants, toddlers. Um, they provided round-the-clock care. So in this building, this bustling building, there were um, there was one floor where there were young women who were training to be child care technicians. So as part of their training, they provided that around-the-clock care um, feeding, holding, changing diapers. Uh, <clears throat> and then the Daughters of Charity lived there as well on another floor. They had um, an area for newborns, the newborn nursery, um, infants and toddlers. As um, babies would um, get a, a bit older, they would be um, moved to a different floor. If they were still there, there were toddlers with play areas. There was a floor for expectant mothers. So again, a very busy building and um, the daughters ran it very well because they also had um, nurses, RNs, doctors there. There was a clinic on site and they had volunteers come in to hold babies, feed them and just provide the the cuddling and nurturing that they knew was necessary. It's it's truly extraordinary, and we want to hear um, a lot more of the stories and information. So we'll do that when we return. We're going to take a break. More with Kathy Herrera and Lisa Francis. You're listening to The Voice of Charity. Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. 
If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. We're in the middle of a wonderful show with our colleagues, Kathy Herrera, who's the program director for our Pregnancy, Parenting, and Adoption Services program, and Lisa Francis, uh, the post-adoption specialist for Catholic Charities. Katie's going to take it away from here. Yeah, thanks you so much, Phil. Um, Lisa painted a beautiful picture of the um, uh, Daughters of Charity and how they operated St. Vincent Orphanage for 91 years. Um, Kathy, can you also share, there's a wonderful tradition that was started um, at St. Vincent's Orphanage in 1947. So it's celebrating 75 years this year, um, still going strong. Can you explain that wonderful tradition that also started at St. Vincent's Orphanage? Yes, as I understand, a group of adoptive parents got together and decided that they wanted to make Christmas special for the children at St. Vincent's who did not yet have adoptive families. Um, and so they bought gifts for those children. Um, this program, it was called the Toy Shower at that point, and this generous gift-giving program has expanded through the years. Um, it's now available to all Catholic Charities clients. Um, it's now called the Celebration of Giving because it obviously goes beyond toys. It includes our seniors and others. And as, as you said, Katie, 
This will be the 75th year when it kicks off in October this year. We're so excited for that celebration because it's one of the most positive things to happen at Catholic Charities all year long. And in some years, as many as 25,000 gifts have been collected. So we're excited to uh, highlight that this fall. Thanks so much, Kathy, for kind of explaining the background on that. Um, Lisa, can you share a little bit more in detail about the type of discoveries that adult adoptees are are finding um, as they do research into their family history? Sure. It's amazing um, and and gives some people chills, I think, when when some of the similarities um, show up with um, between adapted persons and their biological families. We have found over the years, um, some people have found a striking physical resemblance, um, personality traits, and sometimes identical occupations between siblings or between a birth parent, um, a birth mother and a daughter, for instance, both being teachers or um, a birth mother um, and a son, both being in the military, um, you know, the adoptee enlists in the military, having no idea that there's a long history of military service in the family. So things like that, that really just, um, amaze people. And um, sometimes people find that their birth parents have gone on to get married and have more children. So then the adoptee has full siblings. Um, Sometimes people even find that they have crossed paths with biological family. Uh, A birth mother um, might, you know, live in in an area that's fairly close or they might know some people in common. So people are constantly... (laughs) in awe of, of what goes on when, when they um, learn their history. <laughs> so, Kathy, let me, let me follow up. As, as related to that, as adult adoptees begin their searches, I imagine that there's, there's many situations that the outcomes vary, right, and, 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 and pleasant and then unexpected. But it sounds like the support groups that are in place are hugely important as, as adoptees are learning this, this personal information. Tell us more about these support groups and, and how they help carry uh, individuals that are moving through this process, especially when they might be facing some unexpected information. Sure. Um, Lisa started these groups a number of years ago, and prior to COVID, they were in person every few months. Um, But since COVID, we have moved to Zoom platforms. And the benefit of that is it's not only clients who still live in the Chicago area, but clients anywhere in the country who can join in these discussions. Um, So there is a group that's strictly for birth mothers. um, And there's another group, as Lisa said earlier, that can be for adoptees or birth fathers or other biological relatives that might be in the search process. Um, And the group allows them to do a lot of things, to process difficult information. Often the most difficult information is when the other party isn't ready. And and so it's a chance, I mean, we we can frame for them, right, that, uh, you know, think about how long you considered calling us for this information before you were ready to do it, um, often the person who is found, you know, hasn't taken that time yet, and they might need months or or they might need a couple of years before they're ready. But that can be really hard for people when they are ready and the other party isn't. Um, 
And the benefit of the support groups is being able to share that experience with other people who have lived it, with other people who can really get it um, in, in a way that, you know, that just feels and they experience differently than Lisa or I being able to say the same thing. That's truly remarkable. How wonderful. It really is, Phil. And and as we've been talking, I think we're all just reminding the audience what a very special place St. Vincent's Orphanage was for 91 years. It's such a rich, wonderful part of Catholic Charities history. Um, and Lisa, I know that uh, one of the ways you've, many one of the many ways you're trying to keep that legacy alive is by having an annual reunion of anyone throughout the Midwest or some people come from around the country to join in celebrating everything that St. Vincent's Orphanage was. And I know you've had to take a hiatus for a couple years because of the pandemic, um, but can you please tell us the details of the 2022 St. Vincent's Orphanage reunion that's just coming up in September? Yes, I'd be happy to. We are back in person um, September 18th. There's a mass and a reception at 721 North LaSalle, where adoptees, adoptive parents, child care technicians will all be on hand to reconnect, renew their friendship, share stories and memories, and they will be able to take tours of St. Vincent's, see the inside of the building, and see the baptismal font, um, the original chapel, and just again reconnect with people and maybe meet some people from the support group that they've been attending on zoom because people do come from people have already bought their plane tickets um, from california from uh, florida to be able to um, share in this huge event well you're you're both so effusive in the way that you you you, you talk about this program and 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 the, the the excitement that that exists in it, and and then the helpful hand that you're offering so many of these families. Kathy, paint us a picture of today. So adoption services has changed over over the years. What what kinds of adoptions assistance are still provided today by Catholic Charities? So we are primarily we provide general information. So anyone who calls us who's interested in learning more about adoption, we can provide general information. We can provide them with contact information um, for agencies that do actively provide home studies or placement services, which we are no longer doing. Um, but particularly for families who have adopted, you know, we're still able to provide those post-adoption services. So both the reports that might be required still by their placing agency or the country that they adopted from, and then just the as-needed sort of touchback, whether it's you know, um, our adoption specialist sending out an email blast with a link to upcoming educational resources or webinars, either um, ones that we might organize or that other organizations are offering. Um, we also offer um, social activities, a couple of activities a year that are an opportunity for adoptive families to get together. Um, we have a picnic later this month um, for our adoptive families so that they can connect and, and remain connected to each other. Um, we know, you know through the years that it's been extremely helpful to adopted persons to know other kids who were adopted. So as children to know other kids who were adopted and then through their lives to have connection to other people who were adopted. 
We're so inspired to hear the, uh, all of that you do to uh, keep the legacy alive of St. Vincent's, but also to help people today who are interested in adopting. You, you, the two of you are, are really wonderful people, and we're so excited to have you on the show today. Um, Lisa, can I please ask you to share with anybody in the audience who might be wanting to learn more about their heritage or their experiences at St. Vincent's um, or who might want to attend the reunion in September? Can you please share that contact information with us, Lisa? Absolutely. If you were adopted through Catholic Charities in Chicago and are looking for information, we'd be happy to speak with you. You can call Post Adoption Services at 312-655-7088. If you're interested in attending the St. Vincent's reunion, you can dial that same number or call me, Lisa Francis, at 312-655-7093. Kathy and Lisa, thanks so much for being on the program today. We appreciate you as, as wonderful colleagues and in this work that you're doing for Catholic Charities on behalf of our, all this adoptive community. Thank you so much, Kathy and Lisa. And we invite all of you back again next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Katie Breedeman with Phil Cepeda, and we thank you for tuning in and believing in the mission of Catholic Charities. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.